but inevitably that just led to my going faster. And <laughs> I found myself at the 12 mile aid station in third place. And the guy next to me who I was running with, he was like, Hey, you know, you're on course record pace for women. Right. And I was like, Oh no. <laughs> Welcome to the gotta run racing podcast with your hosts, Norman and Jody. Discover the inspiring stories of the average and not so average runners. And they're off. Hey, we're back with another Gutter Run Racing episode. Yes, indeed. Who's on the podcast today? Well, before we get to that, oh. we have a favor to ask you guys, okay? You hear it all the time, but it honestly makes a huge difference. So please take a moment of your time to like, subscribe, and follow, review. Leave a comment. Leave on, a comment sure, on I'm, your podcast apps on youtube channel it really makes a difference yeah. so please <laughs> pause right now pause the podcast go into your app and leave us a star rating or a little comment of whatever yeah and subscribe to our youtube because it helps immensely what everyone says is true it's not bs uh, need your help yeah <laughs> keep <laughs> us going keep us keep our hearts beating there we go. All right. All right. Who is on the podcast today? Well, guys, we have another good one for you. Mm. Another podium finisher from Black Canyons. Wow. They just keep rolling in. They sure do. Megan Morgan. Whoa. She's from the Beast Coast, Massachusetts originally, and now lives in Colorado. Uh, she's a very, very much so a newcomer to Ultra Scene. She started in 2021. We really don't know much about her but we're excited to find out today. And we think she's been going after that Western States ticket for a while now because she completed uh, Bandera and Canyons last year. That's right. Right, and we'll we'll get into that as well, but uh, here she is. Well, she finally got her ticket at Black Canyon, so... That's right. I can't wait to hear all about it. Here she is. Here's Megan coming up. Welcome, Megan, to the podcast, and big congrats at your third place win at Black Canyon. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. I'm really excited to, to meet you both and chat with you. <laughs> Have your feet touched the ground yet? I asked this to uh, Anthony yesterday when we chatted with him, whether it's sunk in yet. It, it kind of comes and goes in waves. It's, it's slowly starting to sink in. Like every day when I wake up and see this large golden ticket sitting on my <laughs> desk, I'm like, oh my goodness, this actually happened. I'm, I'm assuming I'll be on a high for a long time. <laughs> Absolutely. Definitely. Well, we're definitely going to talk about Black Canyon, but first, let's go back to the beginning to get to know you better. Uh, when or how did you even start running? Oh boy, this is a, a long saga, um, so buckle up. <laughs> but I've been running since I was 10 years old. I started running with my mom because she ran about 5K every day, and I just wanted to spend more time with her. So I would go on little runs with my mom or with my dad around town. And then that severely escalated, um, little did they know, to running cross country in middle school and high school. Um, I was a very mediocre cross country runner. I loved the sport so much, but I wasn't exceptional in any way. And throughout college, more just ran as a side, as a hobby, started doing maybe like one or so marathons a year, not really for time, just to get out there and have a good time. And then after college is when I decided I really wanted to see if I could get faster, maybe start pushing myself a little bit more. So started training more intentionally for marathons to cut down my marathon time, 
And then when COVID hit, I found myself with these weekends that were just wide open and I had nothing to do. So I would just run all day. And I lived in Boston at the time. And a few of my friends and I would drive up to the White Mountains in New Hampshire. And we picked all these routes out there to try out and began messing around with trails out in the in the White Mountains and would do efforts anywhere between 50 miles all the way to 50 miles. And I found I really loved those days and we were just out there all day. And that kind of led to my entrance into the sport of trail running. And then eventually in September, 2021, I moved out to Boulder, Colorado and met a great group of runners out here called the Rocky Mountain Runners. And they really pushed me and encouraged me to, for better, for worse, I guess, (laughs) to really dive into the world of ultras and kind of how I got here. What brought you out to Colorado? The lifestyle. So I actually worked on a ranch out in Boulder a uh, summer in college and really fell in love with it then. I've been trying to get back since. And this remote work flexibility made that possible in 2021. And I love climbing. I love running. I love skiing. And so Boulder's been on my eye, on my radar for a long time. Yeah. Now you weren't on any cross country teams through college or anything? No, no, I, yeah, like I said, I was a pretty mediocre high school runner. And I also kind of found in high school that cross country made me very, very anxious. And I didn't really like how it was transforming something with running for me was a stress reliever and it was transforming into a stress inducer. And so I knew I didn't want to pursue it in college, um, aside from just running as a hobby, though, I actually, I did play a varsity sport in college and I I played polo on horses, which is a weird side fun fact. (laughs) So it it was fun to kind of diversify my athletics in that sense. That's pretty cool that you recognize the fact that this taking it on in a more serious way through school would have caused, as you said, caused more anxiety. It's pretty cool that you recognize that then, because Mm. imagine if you had, it could have spoiled what you're doing now, right? Yeah, I, I definitely think that's what would have happened. I mean, I maybe after high school, I didn't run with a watch for five or six years. And I think I really needed that time to fall back in love with the sport, regain my confidence with the sport and just really learn what it was like to just run for fun and for no stress again. Now we noticed in your, I think it was on your Instagram that you ran Boston at a pretty young age. How did that come about? Yeah. So I ran Boston when I was 17. So I was a senior in high school. I grew up in Boston and I grew up going to the marathon. I for when I was a baby baby, lived in an apartment right on the marathon route. So it was always a always a part of my life. And because I loved running so much at that age, it was such a bucket list thing for me to do. And it it honestly was like a religious experience for me, just the training itself, the fundraising. So I, I ran for a charity called um, CASA Court Appointed Special Advocates. They have a, a location in Boston. And um, the actual execution of the race, I I say it was the best way to see all my friends in one day because (laughs) the whole community comes out and, you know, all you have to do is run and all your friends are there. (laughs) So it was, it was amazing. And I joked too that I had wished at the time that I was not going to like running a marathon because I didn't want to want to do one again, (laughs) but I absolutely loved it. And obviously that (laughs) led me down this road. It's incredible. That was your first. (laughs) And that's not an easy course. It was so fun. I was just running it for fun, though, just running it slow. And so I had the best time ever. (laughs) And that's how you should do Boston. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So what was your first ultra race? So my first uh, like organized race was the Cayuga Trails in 
Ithaca, New York in May of 2021. And that was a 50 miler. Finger Lakes, right? Yes. Yes. I highly recommend the race. It's so beautiful. It runs through the state parks there. Oh, wow. Very nice. And how did that go? That being your first? Yes. I didn't really have any expectations for it. I came in fourth place female. I was coming off of a collarbone injury as I had broke my collarbone two months before. So I was running, I was just kind of starting to get back into running. I was running a little conservatively, but I was really excited with how good I felt in the middle. So I began to pick up pace from there and was able to still place fourth without feeling like I'd really raced necessarily. So that gave me a lot of confidence to what I could try to do for upcoming races. Right. When did Western States come on your radar or when did you hear about Western States? <laughs> yeah. So I've, I've known about Western States for a couple of years now, probably since I started trail running in 2020. I never, I haven't really thought about it as something that was attainable for me for a long time. And and then I think it was November of 2021. So after I just moved to Boulder, a friend of mine was like, hey, a couple of us are going to sign up for Bandera. I think you should do it. I was like, oh, maybe. And he was like, I think I think you could qualify for Western. And I was like, oh, yeah, I think I could get that qualifying time to get a lottery ticket. And he was like, no, I, I think you can get a golden <laughs> ticket. And I like, I was like, what? And I looked it up and I was like, I, like, are you kidding me? Like top two, that's crazy. And I actually had a... a race at Bandera, I was dealing with some health issues. I wasn't really able to have a good day out there, but that did really light the fire. I'm definitely someone that when I see a, a goal, I have to get it. <laughs> so got really fixated on it. That's why I also signed up for Canyons last year. Also didn't have a great day there, but I, I knew that it was something that I could do and it was going to take a lot of work, but, and I didn't know exactly when it was going to happen. And of course, it's, it's not just how fit you are. It's, kind of the luck of the draw on the day and also how competitive that race happens to be. So there's so many different factors. So I, yeah, I just had no idea when it would happen, but I just, I knew I would keep throwing my name in the hat. <laughs> well, Bandera last year is when you took on our Canadian, Marianne Hogan. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. She crushed it. <laughs> I didn't see it the whole race. <laughs> so take us through the eyes of someone trying to chase down Marianne. How did that whole day unfold for you? Well, I wouldn't necessarily say that my mindset was chasing down Marion because I, I no joke, did not see her the entire time. Um, she was so far ahead. So I was pretty much from the get-go pretty, I knew that I would probably be chasing second place, but I was actually dealing with some heart issues at the time. I had started having these heart palpitations about two weeks before the race and I didn't tell anyone about it. So I was like, oh, if I just don't talk about it, it'll go away. <laughs> so, and then it kind of started to get worse as the race was upcoming and the race itself it kind of felt like I was having what I would think would be a heart attack the whole oh time gosh. so I really didn't feel good I was trying to keep running through and I was like oh maybe this will just work itself out after a couple miles so I was still running with the chase pack of women I was trying to talk to the women to calm myself down in case it was an anxiety thing I met a couple of really great women through through those conversations which so I'm happy I did I was so I was thinking about dropping at the 50k mark because I just felt so horrible. And I was honestly scared about what was going on. But my friend had flown all the way out to Texas to pace me. Aww. And I didn't want to let him down. And I wanted him to be able to get a good run in. So I was like, Okay, I'll just keep going. <laughs> so I ended up finishing. Um, And, you know, I think it was really helpful to to have a pacer with me towards the end as I, I was not feeling good. I was not necessarily feeling safe. And he helped me to work through that. And 
to feel comfortable and then to still push as hard as I could through the end. Did you follow up on those heart palpitations? Because you're the second female we've talked to that that's happened to and she actually has a really? condition. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. I, I did. I I took a couple tests, went to the doctor. They didn't find anything really obvious or concerning. Mm -hmm. So I, and I could have gone for more extensive tests at that point, but I figured I would just wait a little bit and see how it felt for a month or so, and then maybe go back. And I found after like two months, it went away. Mm -hmm. And since, so since March of 2022, I haven't had any issues with it again. So it was really just this three to four month block where it was present and then went away. So I, I don't know what it oh, was. Well, that's good that it resolved itself for sure. Well, it's amazing how we ultra runners run through pain. <laughs> we have no idea what's going on, but hey, we got to get to that finish line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My parents bring that up a lot. They're like, Megan, you know, some people listen to their bodies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then at Canyons, which of course is the majority of the Western States course, you took on another Canadian of ours, Jasmine Lother. <laughs> Also another runner I didn't see for that. <laughs> I don't know what's in that Canadian water. <laughs> yep. I didn't even know Jasmine was in the race. <laughs> it's the Canadian maple syrup. Which we heard mm. you mm -hmm. enjoyed some maple syrup the morning of uh, Black Canyon. So <laughs> yes, yes, that is my my new secret. Well, not really a secret, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I have been playing around with different pre-race, pre-long run meals. I used to do oats and maple syrup, but I found after using that for maybe my entire life that I was getting sick of it. Uh, so I played around with bagels, other simple, other carbs, but found that I'm, I'm not gluten intolerant, but I did find that having gluten before a long effort, a long, hard effort, it definitely sat in my stomach heavier. So I, and I was like, all right, something that's gluten-free, easy to prepare rice. And I definitely need sugar in it. So I threw rice in with some maple syrup and been using that for the last couple months. And I found that settles so nicely in my stomach and it was this was actually the first race I've had where my stomach felt very calm not bloated and ready to go mm. at the starting line of a race mm. there's actually a couple of companies that produce maple syrup with salt in a gel format might be something to consider I've heard of these. yeah just for you know mid-race yeah. in case you're feeling that low it might be something that would work for you yeah, I definitely want to try those out because I've heard good things. And I've heard those also don't freeze in the winter. So that's another reason I want to yep, try those that's out. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> so so you Canadians think of everything. <laughs> well, we get through hard winters. So. <laughs> so back to the canyons. Now, this is the first time you're on the Western course, but of course the reverse. How did you handle the canyons? Very poorly. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, this was a race where... I went into it knowing that I was not going to take a golden ticket if I got one, as I realized in the months between Bandera and Canyons that I don't know if I was really mature enough as a runner to take on Western, but I still wanted, I'd still signed up for Canyons and I still wanted to uh, mess around in the race, race against other incredibly fast women and just kind of see what would happen. So I think that being said, I think that was maybe more of a fault in my performance as I went in without a clear goal in mind. And I think when you're when you're bonking mid race, not having a clear sense of purpose is really detrimental. So I started out the run, I had a really great time for the first 20 miles, I started out pretty fast, because I was like, oh, I'm just gonna go and have fun, just go up, I feel but the beginning of the course is very downhill. So that led to my going out way too fast, I definitely got 
caught up in um this is a theme for me I get caught up in talking to people I love meeting people at races so I was definitely chasing some folks who I should not have been chasing just because I wanted to keep talking to them um so I got to the 50k mark and as expected my legs were totally blown out and I hadn't even started the the big climbs yet so that was a, a little scary that was the first and only time I've maybe taken more than a minute at an aid station. Cause I was like, wow, I just really need to mm. stand here and breathe for a second and think about what's coming. And at that point too, I was like, okay, I'm going to slow down try to get my legs to bounce back. But I hadn't at that point really mastered mid race nutrition. And I was eating things like pop tarts and cookies. Cause that had worked for me when I had done long adventure runs in the past, but I realized the hard way during this race that that does not work well when you're running hard or at least for me personally. So I then, although my, my legs kind of bounced back towards the end of the race, I developed a lot of GI issues and my stomach was incredibly uncomfortable and I had to sideline myself a couple of times. So it was not necessarily from a performance standpoint, the race that I wanted to have or really thought I was capable of. But I think one really great thing I took away from that race was I, even after I bonked later on and was having the GI issues. So mile kind of 45 and on, I I linked up with a couple other fellow bonkies um, who were also having tough days and we ran a bunch of miles together and had a really good time in the end. And so I met some really great friends through that race. And so I'm really happy that it worked out that way. So at least if I couldn't have a good race, I could at least meet some good folks. Did, Absolutely. Did you have the same pacer as you did at Bandera? No, I didn't have a pacer at Canyons actually. Oh, okay. um, I don't believe Canyons allowed oh. pacers if I'm remembering yeah, correctly. I think you're right. Hmm. Yeah. So how was your training going into Black Canyon this time through the winter and then training for uh, a desert a run? Desert run yeah, yeah, for February. Yeah. So it was definitely intimidating in that sense, as I knew that especially Boulder has been having an incredibly cold winter for itself. So I really wasn't getting exposure to heat at all. But I started implementing sauna sessions about three times a week into my training and then really just focused on trying to get the mileage in and I'm pretty lucky in Boulder. Um, we have been getting more snow than usual this year, but for the most part, there's a certain set of trails that usually stays pretty dry. And then there's this one really great loop that goes up to a small mountain town called Gold Hill. And that loop itself gains about 3000 feet and is a 20 to 26 miles, depending on where you start from. And I was really using that as my main training long run. As others knew it was it was all runnable, had some good hills, would be some good preparation for for Black Canyon. And then otherwise, in terms of winter running, I love running in the winter. I much prefer it to running in the heat. So the cold didn't really bother me and it didn't really deter me from any running. Though I did try to squeeze in some skiing during training. And <laughs> that's when I would have to get a little creative in terms of waking up super early before ski day or driving back at 4 p.m. and then running mm, you know 15 miles tough. back at home so. <laughs> <laughs> trying to fit it all in but they're two things that I absolutely love so it, they weren't hard days for me they were just busy days <laughs> well let's dig into race day how did you feel at the start line there were it was such a deep field of competitive women was there anyone in particular that you wanted to stick with to get yourself into a good position at the beginning I didn't necessarily have anyone picked out who I wanted to stick with in the beginning. The because I hadn't raced with most of these women before. I have raced with Sarah Beale a couple times, but besides Sarah, I've I've 
of course know of these women and I've seen their accomplishments, though I didn't really know how they raced. So I'm more just focused on my own personal feel and and the advice that I got from my coach and other mentors to to go out slow. That being said, I was incredibly intimidated by the field going into this race. I was very nervous, especially because this was something I put a lot of work into and I really wanted and was, I'm, I'm sure every athlete experiences feeling a lot of imposter syndrome going into this race. Like all these women are people, people know, no one really knows me. Am I going to be able to keep up with them? Look at all their times of past races. Um, but then was able to kind of flip that switch in the days leading up to the race and really focus it on like, let's get excited. This is going to be a good time. You're really fit regardless of if you get a ticket or not. I, I knew I was going to have a good day because all these women were going to push me to probably run faster than I've ever run in a hundred K before, <laughs> which was the case. And so I was, I did go into the race feeling very excited. I, I was traveling to the race with a couple of their other racers and my crew who were really great people to travel with. Everyone was focused on the race, but really, really positive, really mellow about it. So it's at a really great tone going into the race. That's awesome. Did you get I know we saw the live feed and everyone took off like a, a 5k race. Did you get caught up in that crazy <laughs> frenzy? Yeah. <laughs> hey guys, if you like what you're hearing so far, then check this out. Calling all trail runners to come on out to Mansfield, Ontario this May. The Lost Treasure Trail Race features both the 5 and 10k on the beautiful trails of the Mansfield Outdoor Center. As the story goes, the American outlaw Jesse James buried a barrel full of gold coins stolen from a train on his relative's property somewhere in the hills of Malmer. You'll earn your very own coin medal when you cross the finish line. Registration is now open. For more info, go to gotterunracing.com. Now back to Jody and Norm. I I was the frenzy. <laughs> I... I didn't really realize it at the time. I, in my head, I was like, yeah, go slow, go slow. Just like feel comfortable. But I'm, that's something I'm still working on at this distance is what does slow in the beginning of a race actually mean, actually feel like, because yes, what I was running was slow, but it wasn't slow for an hundred K at all, especially on hundred K of this profile. So I was, I was going out with the goal of kind of sticking with this group of women who I found myself around. But when we hit the the first downhill section, I have pretty long legs. So I found myself almost kind of tripping on folks heels as we're pretty packed at that point still. So I kept asking to to move in front of people. And my thought was, okay, I'll, I'll just jump in front of them, but I won't go faster than them. I just need to stretch out my legs, but I'm going to stick to this pace. But inevitably that just led to my going faster. And <laughs> I found myself at the 12 mile aid station in third place. And the guy next to me who was running with, he was like, Hey, you know, you're on course record pace for women. Right. And I was like, Oh no. <laughs> And, and I just knew, I, yeah. And I just knew everyone watching was like, Megan, what are you doing? <laughs> like, this is the one thing we told you not to do. So I, for a, for a minute there, I was mad at myself. I was nervous. I did the exact same thing that I had done at Canyons that I had already blown up this race. I was just picturing what my legs were going to feel like in a, in a couple of miles when the hills started. And I was dreading that. And I was like, oh no, I, I really think I messed up. And then I think the most important lesson I've learned from the amount of hundred Ks I've done so far is just how long this race is. It's so long and there's so much room to make mistakes and also to, to fix those mistakes. Mm -hmm. So I knew that the race really wasn't going to start until the 50 K mark. So that gave me what 20 or so miles to fix what I had just done. So I told myself I was going to pull back. I let a 
a bunch of people pass me, I drop back to seventh or eighth woman. And I use that time period to rest my legs, to let them recover, to go a lot slower than I would have. And I held myself back until I felt completely fresh. And then that's when I started to chip back away at my original position. But, but yes, I did fully get caught up in the frenzy. <laughs> and I, I am so impressed by those who didn't because it's hard. The race is so fast and there's so much excitement. And, and when there's so many people who also get caught up in the frenzy, you think you're running normal pace, but you don't realize it's just everybody's making the same mistake. Wow. That's incredible that you were able to see that happening and, and adjust. Exactly. Because that's not easy to do. That's uh, that's 10 years from now is when you figure that <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're right on the ball here. And for anyone that hasn't checked out the profile at Black Canyon, you start here and you go down, 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 and then you have a few climbs, but it would be so easy to get caught up in that first in the downhill. 30 miles, <laughs> trash your quads, yeah. and have nothing left. And you have to be a real strategist to be able to acknowledge that, that that's something that could happen, but hold back, hold back, hold back. So good on you for doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and I, I hope in the future that I can start that out earlier, too. <laughs> <laughs> At what point in the race did you realize, I, I think I got this. I think I got this. I think it was that point when I realized that I, because dropping back to seventh or eighth woman was definitely a gamble as I didn't really know if my legs were going to recover in the way that I hoped that they would. So I think after 10 or so of those slower miles, realizing that my legs were in fact recovered and that I felt really good and that without even really trying, I was starting to close the gap on the women in front of me. I think that's when my confidence started to build again. And I think after I regained position as fourth woman, I, and I still felt really good. That's, that's when I was like, okay, let's, let's see what I can do. I, I would be very happy with the fourth place, but let's see how much I can close this gap in the second half of this race. And another confidence booster for me was the climbs coming out of Black Canyon City. So Black Canyon City is at the 38 mile marker. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the course profile, it looks like the largest climb of the race is coming out of that aid station. So I didn't know what that was going to look like. I knew it was probably going to hurt and I was mentally preparing for it. But as I started that climb, I realized it was not as bad as I mm-hmm. thought. And it was really just mellow switchbacks for maybe four or so miles. And I realized that those switchbacks were feeling really good on my legs. I was, didn't really feel like I had to slow down much. I could just like grind through it. And without pushing, I was noticeably putting a gap on the woman behind me. So I, I then came up with my plan for the rest of the race that I was going to not push up hills, but just grind through them, just not slow down, um, that they probably weren't going to be much steeper than this and that I was going to sprint the downhills. And then that, that was probably going to put me in a pretty good position to hopefully catch up to the woman in front of me. And, but my main goal, I think at this point was to create a significant gap with the woman behind me. And you took over, where did you take over Ina, who was in third at the time? Where Was that with about 10 miles left? Yes, yeah, almost exactly. So that was about mile 52 as I came into the 51 mile aid station and my crew told me that the three top women had all left about five minutes ago and they had all left together. That's also when they told me that Heather Jackson had already had a golden ticket so that all I had to do was pass one woman in order to gain that spot, which was so exciting to hear. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh boy, we got something good coming. <laughs> and 
yeah, as I then rounded the next couple of miles, I saw walking up ahead. I think she was having a, mm. a tough day up there, a tough day with the heat. And so I passed her at about mile 52. All right. Wow. Well, it's pretty epic that in a couple short years, you've clinched your goal of getting a Western States ticket. And you've got, once you do Western, the world's your oyster. You can, you can pick so many different races because you're not going to spend the time trying to get into Western like this guy did. <laughs> eight years. I know. <laughs> it took me eight years. <laughs> so I'm, I'm so envious. If I could turn back the clock, I would do things so much differently. But I'm, I'm happy for you that you've gotten that ticket at this age and everything else is going to be gravy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thank you. I'm very excited about it. Now, Western States is going to be your first 100 miler. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that is a whole new world. What's the strategy of this now? Oh, man, just survive. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's, that's another thing that really sunk in the next day. I think I was so fixated on getting the golden ticket and getting into Western. I didn't really think about, oh, what happens when Megan, you actually do have to run Western. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, oh, my goodness. And I kind of thought about this towards the end of the race, too, that it, it was getting pretty hot at the end and I was getting pretty dehydrated. And then I was like, oh, if you do get this ticket, Megan, you're going to have to run 40 more miles and it's going to be 100 degrees as opposed to 70 degrees. So I've, I haven't really started thinking about strategy yet. I've been giving myself some time to just take a total break from running both mentally and physically. And, but, but I think from here on, it's going to be just putting in the miles, putting in the work, continuing on heat training and starting to think about heat mitigation strategies. Definitely want to start thinking about who would be best to, to pace me mm -hmm. for it. But I think from what I've heard from folks, a really big part of Western, and I'm sure you can attest to this too, is just heat mitigation. <laughs> yep. So that's something that I really want to <laughs> practice and nail down and feel comfortable with because I want to feel as comfortable as possible in the day to be able to perform great. I don't want to slip into that kind of scary zone when your hands start shaking from dehydration, mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm so excited for the course. I think it is something that I could excel in if I execute correctly as it is runnable. It is mostly downhill except for some pretty tough sections, but I think I have a lot of studying to do and a lot of folks to talk to for advice before I fully map out the strategy. Well, as far as pacers, you'll have a lineup. So you'll yeah. have to <laughs> consider that very carefully. <laughs> I take bribes. <laughs> there we go. It's out there, guys. And maybe put in a little bit of night running because you haven't had to run through the night yet. Yeah, that's a great point. That's something that I'm I'm pretty nervous about. I I've done, you know, short 10 mile runs at night, but never have I been running at night while being exhausted mm -hmm. and trying to wayfind. find. And yeah, I need to, I want to experiment with some different lighting strategies, maybe a waist belt light, a better headlamp, but that's definitely a good point. I do need that practice. And you're going to the camp from what we saw in ultra sign up. So yes. that's going to be epic because Norm went to the camp last year Yeah. Oh, great. and it really helped him break down the race into thirds essentially and it was so awesome because he got to train beside the elites there were a lot of elites there so i tried to stay with him for two seconds <laughs> <laughs> all, all i saw was marianne hogan's ponytail ponytail hair That's right. <laughs> and then gone <laughs> yep yep i've been there <laughs> yeah. okay we have a yes, lot in common have. But that will mentally prepare you for sure and be able to give you more visualization. And I don't know, you, you seem to be a strategist. So yeah. I'm excited to see. 
And you know what? It's like Boston. The work to getting to Western is getting to Western. Once you're there, enjoy the day. Enjoy the day. <laughs> like you got time. Don't yeah. don't stress. Enjoy it. Don't put too much pressure on yourself because you got to be able to look back and appreciate what you've done to get there, right? Yeah, definitely. And I'm just so excited to be a part of such a historic event, such a community-oriented event, and also one that is full of all these women who I've looked up to for a couple of years now. And I just can't believe that my name is on a list next to theirs. And yeah, I'm just so excited to soak it all in and just, like you said, have as much fun as possible. How much credit does your mom take for getting you into running? <laughs> so... So actually, my dad's going to be upset about this. He's upset that I haven't mentioned him in this, but, <laughs> but I haven't mentioned him because he was trying to get me into cycling. Oh. <laughs> so, but but I do credit this to my to my mom for sure. A couple other folks too, like my my cousin Sophie. She was the first one to encourage me to do a half marathon when I was fourteen and introduced me to that kind of longer distance style and kind of taught me how to eat during a race. Mm. So. Definitely a couple of folks in there too. A, a good family friend of mine, Evan, trained me for my first marathon. He also taught me about pacing, taught me about eating and fueling, which was great. But but yeah, definitely it, it really started at seeing my mom get out the door every day and and really do it just because she loved it. She used to do a lot of half marathons too, and she would do them with friends, do them for fun, and just always seemed like she was having a blast. I think if you ask her, she probably wishes that I didn't take it this far. <laughs> Like, why can't I just run like one marathon like a normal person? Nope. <laughs> but it was definitely really great to grow up around a, a community that really valued running. Absolutely. And oh. after Western, I know this is going to be further on, but now do you, are you thinking of any other races like UTMB or Hard Rock or anything in Canada? Yeah, I have a couple. I really would love to do Leadville one year. Yeah. I love the history around that race. I love the, the community aspect of that race and I think it would be something that would play to my strengths for sure so that one's definitely on the list I would absolutely love to do UTMB it's definitely on the list I don't know that I'm ready for it yet I don't think that I have the the climbing legs in me quite yet to perform well I think if I want to go all the way out to France and do it right I want to do it to the best of my capabilities I want to be able to perform and compete well so it's definitely on the list but I think I have some work to do before I get there. And then besides that, I just, I want to do as many competitive fun races as possible. I had, I've never come, uh, never repeated a race. Mm. So I, because there are just so many good ones to do that allow you to see different parts of the country, parts of the world. I, I've never competed internationally. So that would be amazing too. And then just aside from running, I definitely love adventure runs and just kind of picking a route with friends, whether it be a one day route or a multi-day route. So I have a a couple of those in my head that I definitely want to put some time aside for. Well, hopefully you come to Canada and do something up here. We'd love to have you. <laughs> I would I would love to. It looks absolutely beautiful up there. Do you have any races you recommend up in Canada? I was thinking the Canadian Death Race. Actually. Oh. Yeah, Canadian Death Race. That does sound enticing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 120, Where's that one? 125K, uh, Grand okay. Cache, Alberta, which is north of Edmonton. And um, and it's it's called the Canadian Death Race, but I did it. It was my first, and I survived. <laughs> I'm still here. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. We have one survivor. That's, those are good stuff. 
That would be a good one for you. Yeah, you're right. I think so. Yeah. Oh, that'd be awesome. I will definitely look into yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. And all the maple syrup you can possibly wish for. <laughs> oh my goodness, don't tempt me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get a headache. <laughs> well, this has been awesome, yeah. Meg. We really appreciate you taking the time out today. And again, congratulations. And we can't wait to see what you do next. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. It was so great meeting you, Jody and Norman. Really great getting to know you better and yeah thank you for for watching on saturday absolutely but before we let you go we like to do a little fun uh rapid fire at the end of our podcast so if you don't mind indulging us just for a couple more minutes oh yeah okay ryan reynolds or ryan gosling they're both canadians so i'm but i'm sure you know who they are yes ryan gosling (laughs) ryan gosling and remember the titans i love him (laughs) do you have any tattoos i don't know would you get one I don't think so, but I actually love designing tattoos for my friends because I like to draw. Oh, yes. That reminds me when I checked out your Instagram, you did some beautiful drawings of buildings in Thailand. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I love um, pen sketching and specifically sketching buildings. I'm kind of an architecture nerd. Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. What's your favorite running song? Ooh, I don't run to music, actually, Mm. but one of my favorite songs to to get me pumped up. It's kind of a silly song. It's called Ballad to Mr. Steak by Kishibashi. Not an artist many people know, but it is a song that gets me pumped. It makes me want to dance. My friend and I found it together and she was one of my original running buddies. So that one always makes me excited to run. What's your favorite post run reward? Ooh, uh, two answers to that. Either massive pancakes, which I am notorious for making like three the size of my head. Or I recently found this great Nepalese all-you-can-eat buffet down the street from my house. Oh. And that has been a staple of my Black Canyon training. Really? <laughs> Nepalese in Boulder? Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. How very cultured. Delicious. <laughs> All right. What's the last <laughs> concert you went to? I went to, I believe, oh, it was a, a small concert at Boulder Theater, um, a band called Ripe. They're from Maine, I believe. Okay. They're, they're fun, very upbeat. Cool. And final question. Pick a superpower. Superpower. Ooh. I think being in multiple places at once because I love doing everything. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I want to try to do as many things as possible, but I find my, I hate having to say no to an activity or hanging out with friends. So it'd be awesome to be able to do everything at the same time. So you want to be at the start of a race and the finish at the same time. Very good. (laughs) Okay. Well, if I can pick that one, I'd like to be at the finish. (laughs) Very good. Wow. That's amazing. And all the best in your training. Yeah, so great meeting you both. And enjoy the rest of your skiing this weekend. Oh, thanks so much. Yeah, I think we're getting more snow tonight, so should be good. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much again for having me okay. on. Okay, all the best, Meg. Bye, Jody. Bye, Norman. Bye. <laughs> and that was Megan Morgan. What a smart cookie. Smart cookie. <gasps> for 25 and only been doing this for two years? Great strategist. Oh, my gosh. She actually backed off and said, you know what? Go ahead. I'll get you later. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) So smart. Yeah. And she was obviously, we saw the video at the, at the end of Black Cannon. She was just so elated to get a ticket. And (laughs) yeah, it's so funny. These, these Western States golden tickets, they're bigger than they are. (laughs) 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 Anyway, it was uh, good to see that. And yeah, and I hope that there's so much pressure on these elites once they show up to the big show 
to put on an epic day. And you know what? Just do what you can do and enjoy it. Yeah, it'd be great to win Western, but... Or he, I guess they're all just trying to get the top 10 so they could just keep going back over and over again. That's yes. their, their plan. Yes, but, uh, exactly. At the end of the day, uh, things happen and... Just it, do it's, it it's your best. Experience. Yeah. Do yeah. your best. Of course. It's the same as Boston, like I said. Everyone puts so much pressure on themselves to have a good good performance at Boston. But Boston is when you celebrate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you Boston's cele- not a PB course. No, you celebrate Boston. You're getting there, all the hard work getting there. Yeah. So enjoy all the sections of Boston, all the... the... Enjoy each canyon at the Western yes. States. Yes. <laughs> Come on now. Take it all in. All, all five of them, I think. Because you never know if you will be back again. So you got to enjoy... You got to enjoy it. Okay, you got it. You're not going back. Ah! <laughs> uh, sorry. Okay, and that's it for today. Maybe I will, though. No. <laughs> All right. Kidding. Thanks for listening. Until next time. We are your hosts, Jody and Norman. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Please visit our website, gotarunracing.com, for more details and join us on social media at Racing on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can support our channel by joining us on Patreon. All of the links can be found in the show notes. Thanks for listening and see you next time. Cheers.